This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside Nate Green. Nate, how you doing today? Uh, it's a fantastic day, you know, back to Angels baseball, so it's a great day. Heck yeah, baseball is back, and I can't be more excited. I couldn't be more excited, should I say? I need to. I need to speak proper English when I'm on here. I couldn't be more excited for a little bit of Angels baseball and just baseball in general. I think the next time we don't have any baseball, cross our fingers that nothing happens. I, you know, we, I don't know. It's weird times, but cross our fingers nothing happens. The next time we won't have any baseball is right after the All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken. There's a couple days off there where no baseball is played. So, yeah, let's cross our fingers and hope we get that far without anything happening this time. So, I'm going to start this, this podcast off by asking you a question, Nate. And it's going to kind of be an interesting question. I don't know. We'll see kind of where it takes us, and then we'll get into all that other stuff that we talk about. But how many home runs combined does Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and Shohei Otani hit this year? Okay, so... I have a number in mind. I want to see how close you get to it. 95. That's close to mine. I think I had him at 85. I had 45 for Trout, 30 for Rendon, and 10 for Otani. See, that's I had 35 for Endone, and I had 20 for Otani. I, I think Otani's going to have a big year. I think he's going to break out. This is going to be a big... Where you might even see some MVP votes for him that kind of year. Oh, I, I, I said this today. I, I jumped on with our pal from... I believe it's Halo Hangout. I'm sorry, Jacob, if I butchered that. I, I jumped on um, his podcast, or I guess in a way. It's called Locker Room. Pretty cool. But I jumped on with him, and we were talking about that, and... Yeah, I I, agree. I mean, well, the season revolves around Shohei Otani. I think that if Otani goes, the Angels go. And and speaking in baseball terms, they're college baseball terms. You know, you go, we go. I think it goes around Shohei Otani, to be honest. I think that like I said, if, if Otani has a big year and, you know, breaks out, and I think if he gets some MVP votes, which he definitely probably could, if he puts up the numbers that we're expecting this year, and there's a lot of pressure on him. But, yeah, I... I it wouldn't surprise me if he got a couple MVP votes. That's that's for sure. But I got 45 for Trout, 30 for Rendon, and 10 for Otani. But I could definitely see something, I, I would say, under over 90. I think yep. 90 is a good that's, good mark for them. That's fair. Yeah, definitely fair right at 90. So, guys, super fun podcast plan for you today. 
If you don't already, go follow us on all social media accounts. Go follow myself, Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter and on Instagram. I do a bunch of of minor league stuff, really jumping into that now that season's going and it's been a lot of fun. Go follow Nate at NateGreen34. Go blame him for all the Angels' woes. If anything happens this year, it's on Nate. It's not on me. And yeah, just go follow Talking Halos on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, if you like this podcast, wow, I can't speak today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you are listening and give us a review please they pop up all the time with reviews and i I love reading them i'll try to shout it out every time i see one and you know it's 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 great to see the reviews please if you could leave us a review that'd be awesome wherever you're listening give us a five-star review if you think we if we if we earn it you know definitely give us a five-star review and that's fantastic. If you had any questions or comments, not talking fans, we're not doing talking fans anymore, but if you had any questions or comments for the show, please send us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Again, shoot me a message on Twitter, on Instagram, shoot our, you know, any of our social media accounts a question or anything like that. Shoot us a comment, doesn't matter. I will try to get to everybody and yeah, give us one second to pay the bills. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, guys, enough with all of the introductions. Let's talk a little bit of baseball, and I'm going to play it as yesterday. I know we're recording this the night of opening day spring training, but we're going to play this as yesterday. So yesterday, the Angels... Had a spring training game, first one, right, Nate? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. They played yesterday. had a had a good game. Not a lot to take away from it. I'm gonna be honest here. I think only two starters really played in it, uh, minus Jose Quintana who pitched and David Fletcher and Jared Walsh. Of course, they won in seven innings. And spring training looks a little bit different now, and it it, it is what it is, and we'll work with it. We will. It's it's better than not having anything. But I. You know, a couple takeaways before I get to any news from the game and from Angels in general. A couple takeaways that I, as we listened to the game, was that Terry Terry Smith, I believe, wow, I'm losing it. Terry Smith talked about was the culture of the team. And Nate, you and I talked about this a lot off the record, that we thought that there was a bit of a culture issue with the Angels. And I think the fact that that was brought up in the opening, the first game of spring training is a huge deal. And the fact that Perry Manassian addressed this even more so is, again, even more of a huge deal. And the fact, and I think leads us to believe that last year there may have been some cultural issues in the clubhouse. And I just, you know, 
want to get your two cents on this whole take because we are very similar thinkers when it comes to this. We we played college baseball and we understand that culture is a huge, huge, huge part of the game. And if there's something wrong in the clubhouse, there's going to be something wrong on the playing field. Not saying that there was anything wrong with the Angels, but you know the way that they played last year and the team that they had, we thought they should have been a playoff team, and we sh- we think that there might have been some stuff going on behind the scenes. Not we don't know anything. But I just want to get your two cents on it and see what your thought is on this whole thing, Nate. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you bring that up, too, because I was just reading an article that uh, former angel Darren Erstad was uh, addressing Joe Madden and kind of talking to him about like the philosophy of the Angels right now and really liking that uh, the Angels' culture was going in a good direction. I know we talked about last year how their culture probably wasn't as good as as most, but um, it's it's definitely hard when you've got a lot of moving pieces, like guys on one-year contracts, a new manager, and, and all these kinds of things. It's hard to really get the end of GM on the last year of his contract, too. Um, really hard to get that culture in the right place. So I think it was definitely a, a good thing to bring up because that is very important with this team. Yeah, and a couple of players I think that I would like to address when it comes to the cultural side of things, a couple of veterans that the Angels are bringing in this year, Dexter Fowler, who we've already heard has been a a great clubhouse guy and is going to continue to be so with the Angels, but somebody who I don't think a lot of people had in mind, but I, I was said today that has been a huge clubhouse house presence early, is John Jay. And that's going to start leading me to believe that John Jay may win a spot out of spring training to be that fourth outfielder behind behind Dexter Fowler and and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the case would it not Nate no not not at all and you you talk about like being a good, good clubhouse guy and I think that that gets way understated like how big of a deal that is I mean um one of the things I love to bring up is when the Red Sox won the World Series and they made some small moves they went to go get a guy named Johnny Gomes and and pieces like that and Mike Napoli, Shane Victorino, bringing guys like that. And the clubhouse culture changed instantly because Johnny Gomes was just one of the best clubhouse guys in all of baseball. And so he comes in and really turns that culture around. They got him right around July 31st, and uh, they go on to win the World Series that year. And I truly believe that that team had no business winning the World Series. They, they did not. But their clubhouse turned into a group that was, you know, we're, we're going to war together and we're going to win this thing together and we're going to go have fun afterwards so it was a huge huge deal and I think that will be a big big deal for John Jay and why he could end up making this team yeah and I think that culture you said it well is very overlooked I don't think a lot of people think about it I think that you know teams have to have good good players yes that's part of it but you look at World Series teams and teams that make it far into the playoffs they have something special. And a lot of times people are like, well, what's that special thing? I really think that that special thing is having a good culture in the clubhouse. You know, like look at the Dodgers last year. Kershaw, Kike Hernandez. I mean, the list can go on. Justin Turner, Walker Bueller. You know, I mean, like I said, the list just goes on. The great clubhouse guys, Mookie Betts. I mean, those are some really good players as well. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, they, there are good players on these teams, but, I mean, if we really want to dive deep into it, the 2002 Angels is a perfect example of it. 
Perfect example. That team, again, I don't think the 2002 Angels had any any reason to be in any type of playoffs when you look at them on paper. And you look at their stats, too. There was no reason for them to be in any playoff conversation. But everything clicked, and the clubhouse was was what it needed to be. The clubhouse was there. Adam Kennedy, Scott Spezio, Darren Erstad, Garrett Anderson, Tim Salmon. You know, those type of guys really made the clubhouse what it what it was and I mean D- David Eckstein I don't want to forget anybody I mean you can name the whole team the clubhouse was the clubhouse was almost perfect in a sense I, I yeah. think yes so I mean again I think that was the one of the big takeaways from game one of spring training that I really wanted to dive into was the cultural aspect of baseball and the fact that I am now a college coach and I totally understand that I think that's a completely overlooked thing that goes on in in baseball right now and you know you play college baseball as well and we've played forever and it's just when you have a good culture it you know seem things seem to click a little bit better they seem to fall into place a little bit better than when there's not a good culture and it feel like felt like last season that culture really wasn't there for the angels and that's something i think that needs to be monitored as we go on in spring to see how everything everything works out. So do you have anything else you want to talk about with the cultural aspect of the Angels? I, I think we kind of hit on the nose, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think Joe Madden's really develops his culture unbelievably well, and I think that's going to play a big part into it too, especially like when they if they do struggle at times. Like Joe's one of those guys where it's like, hey, let's have some fun, fellas. Like I, I know it's not going well, but we're going to shake things up and we're going to have a little bit of fun today. And I think that is going to be a big difference between the – the, uh, the teams who have to kind of sit in their uh, bad losing streak and, and a team who's like, you know what, let's move on and have some fun and get back to playing our style of baseball. So I think Joe Madden's going to be a big deal with that as well. Yeah, and the 60-game season wasn't easy by any means, and it was hard for you know Joe Madden to, and his antics to carry over. So again, that's part of the clubhouse thing, I, I, I think, and I think we're going to see a lot of that, and I think that that's going to play a huge part in the Angels this year. I really do. I think we see it all kind of start clicking together now. So next thing I wanted to take away, I really only had those two, these two takeaways. I want to talk about John Jay a little bit. And we kind of got that, you know, out of the way. We talked about John Jay and his culture, the cultural aspect of things and Dexter Fowler and, and all of that. But the other guy I wanted to talk about was Joe Adele. He looks really good. I don't know, Nate, did you watch, did you, did you watch him? I did. He looks good. Like, I, I, I don't think I, I, you know there were there were some mistakes in the outfield still, and we have to remember he's young out there and everything. But he looked better at the plate, and he looks different. He looks he looks more confident, and he looks more lean. He looks he looks more like an athlete. Not saying he was an athlete last year, but he just looks he looks different. He looks more like an athlete this year. Yeah, I would agree. He, he did look better. I know he grounds into a double play in his first at bat, but he definitely hit that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the big one that everyone's going to point to, like even if you say he looked good, all the Angel fans who watched it are going to remember is the fly ball he missed and looked very bad on. Um, and and you know, he's young. We, we saw it with Clint Frazier when, when he came up with the Yankees. That guy couldn't catch a fly ball to save his life. And um, now you kind of look at it and every Yankee fan is like, why is Clint Frazier not in the lineup every day? So I think we'll get to that point. It's going to take some time. He's got to learn right field. He probably has never played right field until last year. So it's going to take some time, but he'll be fine. 
Yeah, and again, those were my only takeaways from the game to or yesterday, the game today, the game today, the game yesterday, should I say? Uh, did you have anything that you noticed or anything like that we wanted to bring up? I don't know. Well, since it's overreaction Monday, I gotta overreact a little <laughs> bit. Um, I know, know you already ta- you are, you already talked about this off the record, so I'm not gonna listen. You just tell you tell them what's going on with your with your issue that you have today. I have a big issue with the walks and. You know, being a pitcher in college, and you were a pitcher in college too, so you can't tell me you weren't a little upset about this. Um, pitchers are typically ahead of hitters this point in, in spring training uh, and going into the regular season. And you go and watch Quintana struggle to throw strikes. You watch some of these guys struggle to throw strikes, and it's frustrating um, because if if they weren't ready, then what are they doing out there right now? So I, I would like to see a little bit better command from guys like that, especially guys that are supposed to be command guys. Like, Quintana's supposed to be a command guy. He's not going to throw 100 with no command. He's supposed to be 90 to 92 with good command. So that was the one thing. And I, and I actually listened to him talk after the game, and he kind of said the same thing. He was, he was a little disappointed in his command. Like, he felt like... His curveball was okay. Um, he liked his fastball, like the sink and everything, but he still said he he was very frustrated. He did not get ahead in the count a lot. And, again, that's something that I was upset about as well because, I mean, you, you should be ready. If you're if you're getting the ball game one, you, you got to be ready to go. So that's the only thing that I want to say. And, yes, it's overreaction Monday, so got to overreact a little bit. I have no overreactions from that game. I really don't. It was – it was nice to have baseball back. It was nice, you know, just to for baseball. I, I don't know, you know, if that's only that's the best way to put it. Baseball. So let's get on to a little bit of I guess Angels news in a sense, other than I guess I guess we'll start with what happened in the game yesterday. Gerardo Reyes came out of the game with some elbow discomfort, which is never a good sign for somebody who's throwing ninety seven miles an hour from a weird arm slot. It's very worrisome, I'd say, correct, Nate? Yeah. Yeah, a little worrisome from that uh, perspective. We don't know exactly what's going on. I would assume, and I don't like to assume, but I would assume that he'll be taking some time off. He'll get some type of MRI. We won't hear much about him for the next week, week and a half maybe, and then something will come up. And, you know, hopefully that he stays healthy because I think he might have been an interesting piece in the Angels' bullpen. Funky arm slot, throws hard, has a good slider. So... Yeah, I mean, Gerardo Reyes, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with that. Some more news. Let's talk a little Shohei Otani, because I don't think we've talked about him yet, have we? No, not yet. Well, we kind of did a little bit early. Yeah, we touched on we it. Say, a we say it hit 20 home runs. 10 yeah, home runs. I mean, but we didn't. But, but not from a pitching standpoint, and that's where, like, if the Angels are going to be good, he has got to be good on the mound. Oh, yeah, and that's where this news is going to kind of come in, and so that... I mean, if you've been on social media at all, you know we're late to the game here and talking about this, but Shohei Otani is touching 100 miles an hour. That's scary. That's very scary, isn't it, Nate? Yeah, um, I'm really not surprised. that I was a little upset that uh, we we were told what his velo was after his first outing um, of spring training and his first bullpen it, because it's meaningless. Like, first time on the, on the bump we talked about this, he, he should be right around that 90 miles per hour. He's kind of progressed a little bit faster than you would think. I mean, he went from 90 to about 97, and now he's all the way up to about 100. So, um, yeah, it's it's really exciting to see that he's he looks to be back to normal and, and 
the reports that have come out, it, it really sounds like his stuff is sharp. So I, I'm excited. Next question for you, actually, here, Nate. Do we go a podcast without talking about Shohei Otani? For the entire season? For no. the No, for the entire spring. Like, we may talk about Shohei Otani every podcast this spring. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have uh, reporters literally following every single move you, you make, you're going to be reported on every single day. And, and that's that's one thing that, that's tough on Otani is he, he does have the Japanese market who wants to know what he had for breakfast every single day. What he... Uh, what, what coffee he had. Like, it's like, okay, we, we get it, he's special, but we don't need to know everything the guy does. And, and yeah, that's why we're going to be talking about him every day because there is going to be a report about him every single day, whether he, uh, you know, whether he beat somebody in, in 2K or MLB The Show that day or maybe he's hitting a bomb. I don't know, but it's going to be in the news every day. I, I like it because we went from like only talking about Mike Trout to – only talking about Trevor Bauer to now only talking about Shohei Otani. And that's kind of shows how important Shohei Otani is. Cause I, I literally, I, I honestly, I think we're going to talk about Shohei Otani every single podcasting. Let's just start it here. We're going to have like our own, what, what are we going to call this? Otani, Otani segment. I don't know. We got to find something to call it. Cause it's, it's, it, we, we are honestly going to talk about it every single podcast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday that we're going to listen to it. And I apologize if you guys get bored of it, but I'm going to be honest, that I, I can't emphasize enough how important Shohei Otani is to the Angels this year. I really can't. Is that something you want to run on Twitter where we, we ask the uh, people on Twitter to, to send us their best Otani segment name and we'll shout out the winner and uh, start to use that? I like that. I mean, if somebody wants to give me a name, and you know, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, I'll, I'll pick the best one, I'll shout you out. I, I literally I can't think of a good name right now for it. Something will pop into my head in the middle of the night, and I'll wake up and be like, oh, "Otani, this." So yeah, I, I, I honestly we're going to talk about Otani every single podcast. So I apologize for that. I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing, but yeah. So on to I guess our last little bit of news. Not too long of a podcast here today. I just wanted to touch on some things. I wanted to get our get the talking halos out there. I wanted just to you know have a little bit of fun, but. The Angels are still in the market for a starting pitcher, it seems like. Doesn't it, Nate? Yeah. Um, I know you're not all that excited about it. I, I can hear it in your voice. I know we've talked about it off the record. I know you're not all that excited about it. But getting somebody like Jake Odorizzi, if he, if the Angels can still get him, and if they can get him for an inexpensive price, really is a big deal. I think, it, I think then it pushes them into... I wouldn't say the top three, but I think that you can securely put them in the top four for starting pitching if they get Jake Odorizzi in the AL. Yeah, let's not get too carried away. I mean, well, we already have them in the top five, and we already said we can put them in the top four. If people are putting the Blue Jays in the top four, we can so put the Angels. I don't have the Blue Jays in my top five, so that doesn't really bother me. But um, You know what I, I mean. I, I think St. Louis is the team to, to watch out for. They're, they've gone all in this year. They've got the most to lose. Um, so they, they really have to solidify that rotation. Um, and I think they, they've talked about not spending money, but they're going to, if, if it's the difference between them, um, winning the division and not making the playoffs, they're, they're going to spend a little money. And I, I think that's the team to watch out for. I don't think the angels are going to be as aggressive. It's going to be one of those things where it's, Oh, he fell into our lap for 8 million. Yeah. But I see St. Louis pushing 12, 15 mil, trying to really solidify that rotation. 
Well, I don't even think it's going to take, I think 12 is about where you're going to be, but he, I guess, originally asked for 3 for 45, if I'm not mistaken, if I saw that original report, and then the report came out earlier this last week, or later last week, I guess, Friday, Thursday or Friday, saying that he's now looking for 3 for 35-ish, so I think that in the 10 million a year range could get it done, and for three years, would you do 3 for 30 on him? I know it's a tough question now that I'm thinking about it. I, I I don't know. Like that secures so you look at your rotation, what it would be next year with Otani, you go or with Otani, with, with Odorizzi, but you can throw in Otani in the mix. You can put Canning, you put Rodriguez, hopefully, you put Detmers, hopefully, and then you can put did I put Canning or Odorizzi? You got five already in there, basically. So that already X's off a mark X's somebody off. X is X is a uh, something you need in 2022 off. So I I'm you know leaning towards well this might actually not be a horrible thing to do. There, there are some really good arms out there though next year and yeah you'd be getting him for about 12 to 13 million I guess what is that yeah roughly 12 to 13 million. Um, but but there's some guys out there next year that are going to be really really exciting to go get. There's Strowman who you love. There's uh, yeah. Syndergaard, who I love. There's I love him there, too, though. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of guys out there next year, and I think you're going to be able to get some of those guys cheaper, just because you're not going to have the you're going to have multiple good pitchers instead of one really good pitcher and then the rest of the market like this year. So, yeah, uh, I, I personally, if if you're going to sign him, I think you got to go one year deal and just kind of roll the dice on him. Uh, especially since you have not seen too many guys miss spring training and be successful. I mean, you look at Craig Kimball. He has not been good. Um, Dallas Keuchel wasn't bad last year. He pitched a whole... Uh, mm. It was two years ago. He was with Houston. He pitched pretty good. But, um, yeah, that, that's about the only name that I think you can, can say that was good that or okay that did not start spring training. Bryce Harper. He was a spring training guy. No, he wasn't. He signed Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. One of the two signed. I think it was Manny right Machado. Before. Was it? What? It, it was like right before. It okay. was like the end of January. That's fair. But last question before we, like, I mean, I guess thought, last thinking question before we get going here, final thoughts and all that. Actually, I'll make this our final thoughts question. I don't want to get going any further. But would you rather have Odorizzi 3 for 30 or Bundy 3 for 40, 3 for 50? That escalated quickly. Well, I was going to uh, say 3 for 45, but I, I think that's an easy Bundy, so I wanted to say 3 for 50 to make us think. I, I still go Bundy because he's he's a guy who actually can go deep into a game. Like You know I'm huge on that, and that's one of the big things that I, I look for out of starters is can they make it easier on the bullpen? And Jake Odorizzi is not one of those guys. He's five-inning guy max, and you look at how the Twins use him. I think he pitched into the sixth inning twice in his Minnesota career in two years. Um, like, that's just how little they used him uh, going into the sixth inning. And that's scary because we already have those guys. And you're taxing a bullpen that is good, but not great. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And I'll say this. I mean, I, I do through for 15 on Bundy, I think, in a heartbeat. I think I... I wouldn't bat an eye if he came if if he came to me and said, 
hey, Jared, I want three for 45, I'd be like, all right, let's shake hands and get them, get this all written up right now. I think no, I'd... I think I'd it's what's illegal up? in California. We take that. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I would say that you said, yes, we're good. No, no take backs. No, no take backs, no take backs. We're shaking hands on it right now. So, yeah, you know... I mean, I'll give my final thought on all this. I, I, I'm just excited for Angels baseball to be back. I really am. I had a lot of sleepless nights in the past year or so. With I know we had baseball, the 60-game season and all that, but, Nate, was it really baseball? No, they, they changed of. too many rules for it to be baseball. I mean, we're still going to see some of those rule changes this year, and spring training looks like a college fall game, but at the same time, like, baseball is baseball, but there are fans in the stands, some... And it's just, honestly, it's just nice. It's it's relaxing. It, it was good to get, you know, the mind off stuff for even two hours. It was almost a three-hour game through seven innings. We're still going to get some long games. And I know the game the game that's going to be today is five innings. So, yeah, I, I'm just excited for Angels baseball. So, Nate, where can I, we find you on Twitter so we can go and complain and talk a bunch, a bunch of crap on you? Nate Green, 34. Yeah, go blame Nate for everything that happens, all the injuries. It was Nate's fault that Gerardo Reyes got hurt today. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't go blame Nate. But go bother him there, go follow him. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tims. Of course, subscribe to this podcast. And go follow us on all social media accounts. Man, I was almost, I had, I was struggling there for a second. So go follow us on all our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And guys, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.